I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today is the start of our 2023 holiganza. We're remembering at the top to mention it like we didn't do with the spookaboo. You know what happens. Uh, we're doing better this time. So for our first holiganza episode, we... Started w- off strong. We, uh. we watched Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Would someone like to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? Sure. So we we start this holiday movie in the town of Dukesbury talking about, I guess, the holiday spirit, whatever, but that the biggest Scrooge, the biggest person who is cynical during this time of year is uh, Davy, I don't remember his last name. Stone. Davy Stone. There we go. And we see him at a restaurant downing a bunch of food. He is a jerk to everybody, like burps really loud really long and that sets the tone for this movie about the the, like crass and uh gross humor Um, mom's just shaking her head up the side over here (laughs) (laughs) and he proceeds to dine and dash be lewd to a car uh run away from the cops and uh kind of rampage through town cause a lot of damage while being down on the holidays and everybody there. He is taken to court, uh, and we we hear described the things that they've tried to do to make him shape up uh, this 33-year-old man. And the last-ditch effort, as, as, at the suggestion of one of the citizens, is to have him train under the citizen Whitey, who is... Uh, this old short man with a very annoying voice. And he's like, if I can't chip him up or if he uh, commits any crimes, that's 10 years in prison uh, if he doesn't shape up under Whitey. Uh, So yeah, we follow him. He's still a jerk. He eventually, he's a jerk enough for, I guess, I don't know, framing this. At some point, his house gets burned down. He... Then has to live with Whitey and his sister, his fraternal twin sister. We get a little bit of uh, a montage of maybe him settling in and actually enjoying his time there. Uh, But then some of his tragic backstory gets brought up and he gets mad and he lashes out at them. And all that progress seems to go away. He uh, pushes them away and is going to run away because he... He breaks into the mall. He he has a little bit of an emotional epiphany, but he still commits a crime. So it's, he runs away instead of going to prison. But a uh, a miracle or whatever, some sort of intervention happens, and then he goes to stick up for his friend Whitey, who through all this time, uh, the town doesn't has never really appreciated him and all that he does, and so they look him over for the one thing that he wants which is this town patch. Um, and so then, yeah, so he goes to stick up for his friend. Uh, and, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it sounds really generic there, and it, it is. It's not a, a complicated plot. Really, the thing that 
this movie has is it's like really crude, uh, gross humor. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. And multiple Adam Sandler voiced characters. Sure. What did we think of this movie? Well, I I won't have to waver on this. This isn't one of these where I'm like, well, after we discuss it, it might change. I absolutely do not recommend it. I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it for for children. And, you know, I had a mediocre opinion of Adam Sandler, and that has even plummeted. So <laughs> I, like, have nothing good to say about why, what possessed him to think this should be made and aired. I don't know. Would but, you Would you say this is probably the worst thing yes, that I've ever subjected yes, you to with this podcast? 100%. This is the worst thing you all have ever seen in my life. I wish I could erase my memory of it. <laughs> I remember seeing this like years and years ago on Comedy Central, so I only kind of vaguely remembered. I figured it wasn't going to be one, one of Mom's favorites, but I kind of underestimated... Um, <laughs> Exactly what it is. Uh, I don't recommend it. I think it's. I think it's a garbage movie, and any pluses that it has are don't outweigh the massive, massive downsides. Yeah, uh, I, I don't recommend it either. I don't think I dis- disliked it as much. Uh, I watched a lot of Adam Sandler movies, uh, so I'm used to that humor. And I think what happens is he leans into the grosser aspects. That you really can't do without making it super nasty in live action. Uh, which it's super nasty in animation, but, you know, it's disconnected a little bit. Yeah, you know, you could say that uh, Sandler is a man who's trying to use the animation medium <laughs> to do things that he, he doesn't normally, isn't normally able to do in live action. You could say that. Um, You're a sick little man. Uh, oh, like, no. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't. I don't quite. Attack. Yeah, I'm not going to quite endorse mom's <laughs> attacks there, but. But yeah, I think I, I think that the structure of the the jokes and the comedy is what he does in live action. It's just grosser, and and yeah, I can see that counterbalancing some of the like some of the songs the the musicality you've got his uh, this is very musical so there are some some good stuff not every not every song was good and even the the better songs weren't great but you know i could see him in in some of these things in a way that i'm like cool yeah uh so so no i don't recommend it it's not like it looks good animation wise it's not terrible but like, it, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about some of the uh, more specific stuff that I found interesting there. Um, yeah, you you don't got to watch it. But uh, you mentioned that somebody was like, this is the best Hanukkah movie because it's one of the only ones. So I, I don't know how that balances with people. I think probably especially animated. I would assume that there's at least a couple of live action. I don't know. I don't know. But I have no idea. Yeah, that's an interesting thought of but like. But it was sarcastically saying that just in the sense that there's not a lot of them. But yeah, but I'm just kind of pulling up like there's not a lot of Hanukkah movies, so I don't know. Like, does that matter? I mean, I'm sure it matters to some people, but you know. Is it worth it? Sure. 
Let's get specific. This film grossed $23.8 million of its $34 million budget and received negative reviews from <laughs> critics who criticized its screenplay, crude humor, and Sandler's voice performance, especially as Whitey, though the animation received some praise. And I think that sums up most of my thoughts on it, too. <laughs> I think the animation looked pretty, like, when you didn't have the characters in it. And we'll talk more about that in the appropriate section. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the animation is definitely one of the best aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, let's let's talk some about the story and characters and stuff. I'd like to preface with saying, I, you know, I, like, thought, could this possibly get better, have anything redeeming? No. Nope. It doesn't. I I don't feel like I don't feel like that his his character deserved the redemption arc. I don't feel like he redeemed himself. I think the town really stunk too. The town, yeah. They were just really just just a lot of crummy it's a, people. It's a pretty cynical movie overall and yeah. yeah. how it views yeah. what people. Was that, what is that live action that you used to watch um that had um what's his name that used to be in taxi? Um, and he's, um, always shorter man. Philadelphia? Um, yes, that one, that one. Kind of along that line to where they're just very, very cynical and very, very negative. And so there's nothing ever, you know, there might be some humors, but there's really nothing uplifting about it. I think the, the, I think that's a relatively apt comparison, but I think what the difference is, is that Always Sunny often balances it out by showing normal people who are like what is wrong with these people mm. and it and it's a show about the fact that these like main characters are narcissistic terrible people that get themselves into trouble because they're bad whereas this is a movie that just kind of has a cynical view of humanity it feels like for the most part except for the token vaguely love interest girl who is the best person in this universe it seems like um but everyone else kind of is various levels of sucky uh and that's just like how it seems to view the world rather than like davy in particular is terrible which it does try to say that he is and he needs to learn but it doesn't seem to think that highly of other people either yeah i Mm -hmm. think to kind of uh, extend what you're saying about always sunny is yes the people suck and also it's not about redeeming them. They usually get a comeuppance that yes. they are due. And this movie is about redeeming Davy. Right. But all and the so stuff to do that, that does, you it, have to like do a good job of showing why he's like this to make us at least a little sympathetic. And then you have to have the redemption feel earned. And that's difficult to do when you make them suck as hard as they make Davy suck. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's always Sunny gets away with it because it doesn't redeem them. They're just always terrible. Yeah, they usually... They're the butt of the joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They usually Um, get consequences, not a redemption. Right, right. But this is ultimately a story that's trying to be about redemption for this terrible, terrible character. And that can be a hard pill to swallow if you don't do it well. Mm. And, I mean, and... I don't think I'm giving away by saying his backstory because that was, is that? Yeah, no, you can talk about it. Because I was just going to say is, I mean, yes, it is sad and tragic that his parents died when he was 12 years old, but I'm sorry if, if to me, if that was going to work, that you were going to have someone who was as warped as they made him, I think you would have to be a much younger child because again, well, I'm just saying, but it's none of it worked for me. And what I mean is it's a tragic backstory, but 
okay, there's a lot of people that have had horrible, yeah, you know, or, tra- or or that kind of tragedy. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it it was more of an excuse which didn't fly. I mean, with him being un, you know, the way he is. And again, I don't feel feel like his redemption was even close to being earned. And I feel like he basically got off scot free for all the horrible things he did. Yeah, I I think I think I overall agree with you in terms of like yes, that's a really sad tragic event to happen, but there's such a gap between it and who he is now and it's I I think it gestures at he went from foster home to foster home after this. But like what happened at the foster homes? I don't need necessarily everything spilled uh, like spelled out, but it just it doesn't feel like this one event is something that would derail a person so completely that they would become this bitter, angry, lashing out all the time person still by the time they're in their 30s. Like, even if he never, like, goes to a therapist or on a personal level, like, comes to terms with it, like, the idea that you could be that maladjusted for that long... It feels sort of difficult to buy. If he was maybe in his early 20s, it could be a little easier to buy this this basic storyline. But that and being in his early 30s, it does make it kind of hard to swallow. And then also it makes me be like, well, him being white is the only reason he's able to get away with being like this in this town for as long as he was. Because like, wow, they sure put up with a lot of stuff from this man. I think I think that's part of the the issue is the the gap with the backstory and the gap with the current actions that he is doing and that we are seeing even though it's animated the world is realistic for the most part yeah relatively uh so like just the 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 bad stuff that he's doing it's too it's too much it's a lot and mm-hmm. and then you're like his, you know, and I think it'd be one thing if they exaggerated it a lot in his opening song, and then from then on he was kind of a jerk, but it wasn't on that level. But but he's kind of that level of being a jerk for like three quarters or more of the film. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's it it's the sort of thing where I understand the desire and ability through animation to further exaggerate a thing. But I, I feel like you needed to focus more on the humanity after that introduction uh-huh. to actually make him a character anyone could latch on to. Because uh, as is, he's just kind of too detestable for too long yeah. for almost any sort of redemption to ultimately work. Like, you just... Even, even, uh, even, I don't know what a theoretical best possible redemption you could write, but if it's paced the same way where it doesn't happen till very close to the end and he's the same way he was before that, it's still not going to work that well. Like, you need more of a character arc throughout the movie rather than kind of condensed a little bit in the middle and then epiphany at the end. Like, it's, it's just not structured well enough to work with the level of exaggeration they want to go with on him being a jerk. Yeah, and and kind of with that, but even going back a little bit, what I primarily meant even with them making him 12 when this this happened, 
you're really talking about six years till graduation and and he seemed to be a very well adjusted child at that age so to have that much regression and not to elude at all like you said Danica of what then it happened in foster care that would have made this and 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 it seems weird to think that there would have been no connections especially since he seemed to be into sports and other things that there wouldn't have been any other adults in his life that you know could could help so also that that's not saying much then for this town i just mean you know because again at the age of 12 like i said you're you're about to go into junior high and and so you you have an older child it's all very cynical definitely and it's all very cynical in a way that honestly feels too cynical for real life which again it is an animated movie, but it just, it makes, when it's overall going for a relatively grounded, minus, like, a couple of absurdist jokes sort of world, it just makes it hard to buy into it. Yeah. And, you know, we alluded to the, the humor is crude. I mean, it is just crude. And just when I wrote you think that, that it can't get even cruder, it I wrote does. that at the point where the deer licking Whitey out of the uh, ice that has poop in it, Mom uh, started yelling that Adam Sandler is a sicko. <laughs> just, she started ranting at us about it. It was... Yeah. <laughs> she was so gross. Oh, that was really nasty. Oh, it was gross. God. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's... There's a couple of jokes that I that I like in here. Um, I like the jokes on you, wise guy. I can't read. Like that's a. I feel like I've seen that in other things before too. That's a pretty solid one. The when he was saying that the insinuating the mayor was trying to buy furry underwear. That lady saying you're gross to the mayor. I did. It did, laugh. It did I make did me laugh. laugh at that yeah. It's stupid, but that did make me laugh. And uh, one of my one of my favorite absurdist jokes was towards the end where uh, the cops trying to find him and uh, the other cop is like, see something? And he's like, eh, just some deer doing a pyramid because the deer literally stacked on each other in a completely unnatural fashion. But he just reacts as if, eh, yeah, it's just a thing deer do. <laughs> um, and that sort of that sort of joke amuses me. All the poop gags. Not so no. much. <laughs> Oh, they just went. Oh, and and it was a surprising number of poop gags. It was sorry, surprising number of poop gags that involved deer specifically in this movie. And there was this one song where they literally not they had gag after gag of not only poop but like snot coming out of noses, throwing up. It was that wasn't a song that was. It was at the it end. It was during the song. It wasn't it was in the song. The song. It, was sure. wh- it was while the mayor was telling jokes, but oh, it wasn't sure. during, oh, it wasn't during the song. You're correct. You're it correct. was se- in the same setting, but okay. it wasn't during the song. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And yes. just, it just was the too mayor. The mayor made a not very funny, like, in universe joke, and then everyone exaggeratedly laughed. And yeah, it was gross. Yeah. Why yeah. did the one cop cry after Davy pretended to make love to his car? What was that about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like that I did, before, before the deer did some things I found more repellent, I did like them helping Whitey out when he was stuck in the snow in his car. That was, yeah, yes, yes. That's an interesting, just like, uh, I guess does that imply that Whitey and his sister are like the Disney princesses of this world? Sure, yeah, why not? I think that, uh, that could track. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh, (laughs) I think the there's different not a, illusions or 
like using uh, animation tropes in here. Oh, definitely. Uh, but then kind of spinning it or turning it with all the gross stuff that also happened. You know, I forget the exact year Shrek comes out, uh, but I know it's early 2000s. So it's around this, whether it's the same year or year on either side of it. Uh, but I feel like there are, when you want to make adult and or more subversive animation, which Shrek is not really adult. I mean, it has, you know what I mean? Shrek is a movie ultimately made for kids, um, but it has a lot of subversive poking at Disney humor. And this definitely has some of that, but it's actually overall a lot more subtle with that particular brand of humor than I expected. Like, I think I expected more overt, like Disney cuteness takedowns and there wasn't really a big focus on that. Like, obviously they had some gross jokes with the deer, but like, yeah, I guess I expected more of that from this. And uh, I guess one of the few things that they were surprisingly subtle. on. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. I forgot what all the ratings are. Can you have, for an animation, well, I guess you can. Can you have a rated R for an animation? I mean, sure you could. You, oh, what is this rated? Well, I mean, you can have a rated X for animation. And in right. fact, you do, and we'll eventually talk about that. Uh, that was a thing uh, back in like the seventies. But anyways, um, I think this is just PG thirteen. They don't even say the F word. I don't think so. I can't believe it. Well, I mean, it's super crude, but I think it's along the lines of other PG thirteen teen gross comedies and stuff. Like it's. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's PG-13. I, I don't think that they did anything that would definitely bump it up to an R rating. So Okay. Because, you know, R doesn't just mean that it's heinous. Like, The Matrix is R, and The Matrix is great. Um, it's, it's just the the types of jokes. I think if they'd had more overt sexual, sex jokes or something, or, again, said the F word multiple times, which I don't think they even said it once, then that would, you know... Put, bump it up to there but well and it's just some of their their crude humor to me got very close even well but i think i think being and insinuating stuff with the I, car i get what you're saying but again where i remember seeing this movie is literally on television like i watched okay. it on comedy central and it is the, exactly the sort of movie that would be on comedy central yeah okay. that sort of humor Okay, yeah. And, and they just, they made insinuations when they would have characters that were passed out stick their hands in their pants, and they would yeah. allude to different No, there's, there's all sorts of really frat boy, just gross humor. Yeah. 100%, but it's not anything that makes it have to be an R. Okay. Other characters, so you have Whitey and his sister... Eleanor. Eleanor. Also both voiced by Adam Sandler. Yes. <sighs> yeah, I mean... The, uh, the Eleanor voice, I... I mean, maybe, I don't know if it's offensive or whatever. I can't speak to Jewish issues. And I Adam Sandler is Jewish? I, I don't yes. know. That's the thing I can't unpack. Um, but Eleanor's voice, I did not find distracting in terms of every time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is Adam Sandler doing a stupid voice. I was able to accept that as, that's what Eleanor sounds like. Whitey, on the other hand... Is just a really bad voice uh, that I hear was worse before test audience screenings. Uh, I think more high pitched and they pitched it down some. Um, Yeah, it's just a purposefully obnoxious voice for 
a main character that you have to hear through the whole movie and are supposed to sympathize with. I think he knew it was a bad choice and he wanted to see if he could get away with it. And the answer is that he couldn't because uh, people don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and remind me, I, I mean, again, he, I, I think from your figures, he lost money. on Yes, it, he lost which money. Which makes on me it. very happy. Yay. <laughs> well, he lost money on it in the theaters. Who can say if he made it up in video sales or anything? I, that's, but it feels like I, I feel he definitely he didn't make another animated movie, so I don't think Good. he found he didn't find it to be a profitable or enjoyable enough thing to continue doing. So Good. Good. <laughs> Sorry, yay. Good. You deserve that, Adam Sandler. Sorry. Mom. Mom. <laughs> you should calm down. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is animation is not your forte and sure. I don't think sure. you should go into it. Sure. And it was way too crude. For sure. anything that kids should see. I, well, I mean, that's a again, conflation of animation and kids. Exactly. You're conflating animation with yeah, kids' movies. Yeah, you are right. This is not is. a children's movie. Yeah. It's it, like, straight up, this isn't a, this isn't a, a movie for adults. Um, yeah, no, that I would agree so with. So it needs to be compared to the likes of the South Park movie or the Simpsons movie, because that's what it's going for. <laughs> I'm trying to think, though. But it doesn't, unlike those two, which are connected to long-running shows, this is like, this is Adam Sandler putting out an Adam Sandler movie. And I think, I guess to me, a lot of Adam, especially when I'm thinking of kind of the classic 90s, 2000s Adam Sandler movies, they do feel like they're generally going for a little bit more of a general audience than... I guess, closer Simps- closer to The Simpsons than South Park, I guess. Uh, but this does feel... It feels like it's purposefully pushing that in the, in this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this feel. I haven't watched Happy Gilmore and other Adam Sandler movies in so long, but I don't remember them being this level of crude. I do feel like he was pushing this more than what had come before. So... Yeah, what are your feelings? So... I think that for this movie, I don't think kids, but I think like teens. I think that expectation yeah. is like teens, teen boys, probably. And let's be real. A bunch of teens watched and continue to watch Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy. Like, I know that mom doesn't personally like that or think they should, but let's be real. They are. Yeah. <laughs> they are watching those shows. So, so specifically because of crude humor and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I wanted to kind of state that when you're like, this is for adults. I'm like, okay, but teens yeah. will be watching this. Like, no, hundred percent. But I, again, I do think that's true of all the other animated things that I yeah, said are for adults. I agree. I agree. They get a, they get away with that stuff because they label themselves as being for adults. And certainly a lot of adults watch them, but I think they also know that their audience consists of a whole bunch of teens that want to watch a more edgy cartoon. Yeah. So, so you know. And I don't have an issue with teens watching because, again, oh, sure. I teach teens and, and you know, they're, they can be gross little stinkers. You they, know? Can, they certainly can. <laughs> but, you know, and, that, and, and, and they, might, an they might like this a lot more yeah. than we do. I think we've kind of moved out of a, a loving, gross, edgy stuff all the time phase. So. And, I, and I think, to be fair, for our, I just mean now in retrospect, to be fair, 
in my mindset, especially since, you know, this is, we're, we're starting Holiganza and this was like a, you know, a, a holiday movie. My mindset was like, for kids and that's where i was so yeah like for families for families and i'm just like this is not no you have to keep in mind that this ran on comedy central the same thing that shows all those college movies and south park and stuff like it is meant for the sort of audience that's watching comedy central even if it wasn't meant specifically for comedy central like it's targeting that same demographic of adults and teens yeah and then so now on to the adam sandler portion of like his type of comedy like i said this felt like the structure of the jokes it felt very adam sandler i think i'm talking less the structure but just the the content so yeah how far it goes so uh misogyny is there Uh for sure uh, we'll talk about that more, but like, that's not different. No. I think you, uh, you, animation, you're able to do different stuff with the, the lady that we would see at the end. A lot of the gross out stuff I think is more there yeah. because you can, I think you can get away with it more. So it's a lot easier to do scatological humor. Yes. It, I think uh, just, there's no personal cleanup. It's you're just drawing. It. Yeah. Yeah. But like little Nikki or something that, that stuff gross. I think the violence is probably a bit more prevalent. Violence, misogyny in real in real life, because that's more acceptable. Okay, but like thinking of, um, I think it's Waterboy. Yes, where where he's messing around and shooting a nail gun, and then he shoots it in his boss's head. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 Adam Sandler comedy. So when people are getting hurt and all of that, like that's part of the humor. So, so like content wise, if it, it feels on par, just more poop jokes because you can make a poopsicle in the, uh, an animated thing and like and have deer pooping and stuff and yes. have gallons of snot come out of kids' nose in a right. way that it can't in, in real life. Yeah, like that. That tracks. It's gross, but I'm not surprised. You're like, this is basically on par with what I would expect. Yeah, like. <laughs> so I think he could push it in a different way, but it's not yeah. different. And my dislike, you know, it, not only the the crude humor, which I'm not a fan of, that was excessive, excessive, excessive. But to me, you you had you didn't really have any real likable, tangible characters for me to even be rooting for anyone per se. Uh, you didn't have, I, I feel like it. The only it was, quote unquote nice characters is the woman and her kid. Yeah. That's like it. And, and, <laughs> and they're, and, a and they're support. bland. Yeah. yeah. Well, so do you not see Whitey and Eleanor as nice characters? Well, I think, I think what, I think they are, I think they are, but they are compromised or could be compromised by their the really like cynical humor characters. applied towards them. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they are treated even if the the movie really wants to have its cake and eat it too because it thinks that Whitey is funny also even though at the end it wants to make you feel bad about that. <laughs> but it never stops finding him and Eleanor funny. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whereas the 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 woman and her kid are like the most quote unquote like normal kind of looking people and they're yeah. they're just nice all the time. Yeah, I think it's a combo of them looking normal and then 
not being mean because the other like the mayor looks normal but he but he's a joke character like he makes well i i, I guess he may i i don't know um, well i mean uh davy makes fun of him and sure. then a person points and laughs he's telling a uh, bad joke that the thing and then the joke is that it's bad but everyone's reacting big yeah like, i guess he's... okay so they're joke characters in that there's really nothing behind them right uh internally at least for the the mom she we knew that she knew him when they were young right okay okay that yeah that's what i mean is is that almost all the other characters are joke characters in that regard they're there to tell jokes and be kind of mean and cynical yeah because that's what this world is yeah so so character wise there wasn't a a lot of compelling characters. No, definitely your main, not. The, your main character, he's too mean to like. Yeah. I mean, maybe someone out there can, can like them, but think uh, there's probably a lot of people that don't. Do you guys want to talk some about the animation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I put that the fluidity of the animation is really nice. Yeah. I was thinking about it with the basketball. I think it varied, but um, there it was definitely some good, varied. There was some good, uh, engaging scenes when they were playing yeah it was it wasn't always at 100 um but like overall i think the animation was well done and uh some some of the character designs and and or uh animation would sometimes remind me of the iron giant and i kind of wonder if some of the crew that worked on that worked on this but no over overall i mean i think it looks nice and that is probably the best part about it obviously Sandler uses the animation to do some nasty stuff, but yeah. like it's animated well. I would agree. Um, I, I was even, you know, overall impressed with the falling snow at the beginning. I liked the non-human components also, as far as the buildings and, of course, the snow cover and this, even the snowmans they made and the um the trees and and I mean all of that I think was animated well. Also, I I don't know. Oh, this is called, but I mean, like the, not only the, uh, the, like the color density and the, you know, there was some real, it it looked, it looked attractive. It looked some The the lighting and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I also like, like some of the personification of the store stuff. (laughs) Uh, I really, I really liked the footlocker guy moving around. Yeah, no, that was, was funny. That was enjoyable. And I'm guessing that the Vic- Victoria's secret gown, uh, which is what's called in the credit, uh, was maybe rotoscoped or something. Like, our, oh, how, sure. however, it was structured to be looks like it's on a person, even though it's floating around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it looked it looked good, but it wasn't like super standout. Some of the sometimes the lighting was more dynamic. Sometimes it was more flat. So it was maybe, a, for me, a bit inconsistent. Yeah, there was definitely some inconsistency, but when I liked it, I liked it. Yes. Um, I don't personally think it would overall be that difficult to turn into live action, though. I think you would probably would probably scale back the, the presence of the deer and just some of the scatological humor, not maybe in the way that it was there. Uh, and then obviously uh, the biggest scene that would change would be the the hallucination of the store 
uh, mascots talking to him. Um, I mean, you could feasibly have the whole movie live action and still have them be animated for a segment just because it's supposed it to be a drunk fit. hallucination. Yeah. Um, but outside of doing that, you would probably just restructure that scene. Honestly, though, you could probably just shift it to like mannequins moving for some part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and toys coming to life. Or just live action footage of the different things as they talk or sing. Like, Without them coming up to him. Yeah, there's definitely ways that you could do it. But that's, I mean, that fits under restructuring. Uh, but overall, I mean, the movie can play generally how it does. It doesn't go super fantastical and the elements that are fantastical aren't super important to the plot. Yeah, like you could imply there was a, a scene where Whitey gets stuck in the snow and then the deer push the car out. Uh, but you can imply just having deer and then him getting out with hoofs in the snow. On that note, though, I think Whitey and Eleanor are the two things that I'm most curious how those would translate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how you would decide to do that. And they probably wouldn't still be played by Adam Sandler. I mean, maybe, but... <laughs> he probably, yeah, knowing an Adam Sandler, he'd probably have Danny DeVito play Has Danny DeVito ever been in an Adam Sandler movie? I don't know, but I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't know. He could do, I mean, honestly, Whitey would be far more enjoyable if he was voiced by Danny DeVito. (laughs) Yeah, well, what I'm saying is I could see him have Danny DeVito play both roles. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. I could see that. Yeah, I wonder if maybe the motive, the motivation for it being animated, like, was this something that maybe he wanted to do live action, but couldn't and wanted to go this way? I, I saw some stuff about, like... Uh, having it animated in this way to sort of hearken to classic Christmas specials. I don't really know ones that look exactly like this does. Again, animation wise, it mostly makes me think of Iron Giant, which is not a Christmas special and not classic in terms of when this came out. Like they're separated by three years. Yeah, I think he I think he wanted it to be an animated special that was Sure, okay. I think I think the animated special was just always part of the conception of it. Let's go on to sound design. I the duet between Davy and the love interest whose name I'm never going to remember sucked cuz they kept making really bad and gross jokes in between the backstory bits and it was really distracting and had some of the worst jokes. So, didn't love that one. I also thought that it didn't, it I, was it was relying on tropes of other things to give it an, yeah. an emotionality that it didn't earn. And so that it, it would very, pull away from the emotionality anyways with all the jokes. So yeah. it just, uh, Technical Foul was my favorite song up to that point, I think, especially for the three different harmonies bit towards the end. That really pushed it up for me, too. Uh, but I think the the song about the town's relationship to Whitey was probably just musically my favorite one. But none of them are, like, great. They really, like, the different aspects of Adam Sandler singing are evident in these songs. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, the SNL jokes, he had, like, the opera guy that's very bum diddy 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 bum bum or whatever it's called yeah uh like you see it yeah like it's it's just part of the way that he makes music is in this movie where he has musicals yeah uh, musical songs so i we'll we'll talk about favorites and least favorites but 
Yeah, I think some of the stuff where there's an emotion, well, it'll get undermined by the jokes. Yeah, I, I think that is just sort of a frequent problem for the movie in general, but but especially in the songs, is that it t- it tends to focus more on jokes at the expense of any genuine emotion. Yeah, so it makes it hard to really enjoy enjoy a song fully. Yeah, um, over the actual. Like rest of the music that played in it, mostly didn't didn't think about it. It felt really generic. Anytime I did kind of focus on it, wasn't super impressed with any of it. Yeah. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up poorly? Ugh. It holds up really poorly. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's a lot here. I'll start since it's pretty early in the movie, and then throughout the movie uh, with the fact that there's a character named Mr. Chang who is in and of himself pretty much just a stereotype and a laughing stock anytime he shows up and is also a uh, Asian, I think Chinese man voiced by Rob Schneider, notably not a Chinese man, notably not the first or last time that he would uh, play a character that he should objectively not be playing. So that's great. Yeah, and it's not just in the beginning. He's no. throughout the film. Yeah, he's so throughout the film. Rob Schneider gets to talk like that. And Rob Schneider's also the narrator, so like he didn't you didn't need to give him a racially insensitive character also. He was perfectly fine as just the narrator, but whatever. There was a the awful transphobic joke in the middle of the song I was talking about earlier about the mayor's wife who used to be a man and has a bunch of five o'clock shadow and stuff. Huh, so funny. Um, Adam Sandler really, really hates fat people. Yeah. <laughs> Will not please. stop picking on that poor fat kid. The Victoria's Secret joke and especially was like just so unnecessary. A basketball guy. Um, and yeah. there would be more stuff past that. He just hates fat people. And that's right. super obvious. And like uh, a developmental disability is yes. not always is a, an easy punchline. Yes, 100%. For him. Um, he does not even a little bit understand how seizures work because they sure do not work how they work in the movie. I have been around a person when they had seizures and it's terrifying. (laughs) Um, And you can't talk during them usually, I think. Maybe there's some types of seizures where you can, but I think there's definitely not any seizures that is like they are in this. This is very insensitive with how it treats them and also just inaccurate, so... Um, I think those are the notes that I had written down. I'm sure there's more stuff. The woman you guys... with the three breasts. Oh, sure. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, yeah. it was a, it was like in the middle of the movie, I think was the first time they made a joke about her and showed her. And I kind of expected that to just be a one-off gag, but no, then she ends up being in the end stuff a lot. And then even feeding three babies at her breast yeah, and it yeah. just went on and on. Yeah, it was a lot. <sighs> Yeah, the uh like you like you mentioned earlier, just casual misogyny in general, really. Yeah, and that is very very Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, like uh early on for sure, I'm thinking like um Billy Madison, uh but then he gets more into the romantic comedies, it feels like that lightens up a little bit. But the so uh Adam Sandler the I don't want to say there's always, but like trans jokes aren't uncommon from him but i think it's a a bit of a balance like because he has yeah i I just i believe there's a a trans woman who will be in his film sometimes um 
But obviously that doesn't, like, make this joke okay. No, I mean, and for all I know, he changes and is eventually much more respectful of trans people. I don't know his life or care enough to know. Yes. Uh, But yeah, that doesn't change the fact that there's a heinous one in here that's just gross. And also the wife is at the dinner. You can see her sitting at the table. Yes, I I saw her. She's thankfully not highlighted past the song, though. Right. Small mercies. Um, I was really worried the whole time that he was going to make a joke and it would zoom in on her at some point during the, during the dinner, but it didn't happen. Yeah. The, uh, let's see, misogyny, trans misogyny, fat people, like I said, to minimal disability. Was there, I mean, the, the trans thing, but was there much else that was like homophobic or anything? I don't really remember offhand. Well, I feel like the character that um, was the Chinese man, I feel like there they was some, crossed some lines There with was him some and, like, stuff when he got his, wigs and stuff. Yeah, and then, and then even, too, remember at the table um, where he's, like, ripping off his shirt and just different stuff? There was just a lot of yeah, uncomfortable, stuff uncomfortable there. things there. I think... Uh, there's a lot of... There's definitely a lot of humor in this that is basically what you would expect from a 2002 Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Or... A 2002 adult-focused, like, comedy in general. Just stuff that doesn't age well. I mean, people have been making bad jokes since long before the 2000s, but I really feel like there was a particular flourishment of of just wanting to be anti-PC, you know? In the most obnoxious, heinous ways in the 2000s. And yes, what you'd expect to see in here is a lot of... A lot of that garbage. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, that stuff was jarring. But really, the poop stuff was was really the poop jokes. All of the scatological so humor's nasty it's and really not in a. It's like you know, I could deal with one, but like three or four at least, and the and the snot thing. It's just too much, you know. And like, you know, I I feel like. I'm a relatively sophisticated girl, okay? Sure, okay. Like, I, you know, when I am when I was younger, when I was a kid, obviously, I thought fart jokes were funny, you know? Then I kind of got older, and I was like, well, that's, those jokes are for babies, and anytime there's a fart joke in anything, it's just pandering to make kids laugh, and I don't like it. But I've evolved since then, and I can't, you know, some, sometimes fart jokes are good. Sometimes I like them. There's plenty of bad ones, though. No good ones here. No good fart or poop or anything type jokes. Just nasty. Yeah, I think that's the problem. It's like, there can be a funny fart joke. Uh, None here. One of my favorites and... Of course. You know. uh, The Yopi fart. No, no, I hate the Yopi fart. (laughs) (laughs) No, I hate that one, actually. No, one of my favorites that is closely related to my current obsession of the week is Adventure Time. And it's at the end of the episode where we uh, meet Marceline's dad. And notably, Jake was like not really in that episode at all. But at the very end of the episode, you're like, oh, that's weird that Finn's shirt is being drawn with a little like shirt pocket on it and and at the end Marceline asks about where Jake was and he's like oh he's been in this pocket the whole time and, and Finn like opens it up and Jake like is tiny and makes a little smile turns around and does a little poot and then the episode's over <laughs> and that's a perfect poot joke <laughs> <laughs> Because it's tied to the absurdity of Jake wasn't in the episode, but oh no, he's been here the whole time. He's just in this little pocket that I've never had before, um, combined with 
ending it immediately as he pooted. Just like it's done. It's just <laughs> funny, you know? Um, I was just going to give, without too much detail, what we are talking about with the just pushing the poop jokes. Where they were just disgusting because it was bad enough that, you know, this poor man gets covered with poop in a latrine and, and then out and hosed off and turned into a poopsicle. But, and then it was bad enough that you had the deer licking the poopsicle. But then they had to show the deer with smiling with their teeth covered with poop. I mean, it's just like, how, how And then later they were can... laughing at the joke and poop was like coming out of yeah, their bus as they were like, laughing. Just what the heck? Yeah. Ugh. Mom kept thinking that she'd seen the worst of it yeah. and then a new thing would happen and she'd yell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a this is a trial for, for poor this mom. Was, this uh I'm scarred. Again, I wish I could just not remember this. I think it does it doesn't hold up in all the ways you would expect, and then several more. Is yeah. what I'll say. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. So the end of the movie is the redemptive thing. He has kind of an epiphany when the store mascots talk to him about it's okay to cry. Um, So then he goes and he sees the award show. They don't award Whitey. And he's like, I got to do something. So he goes in and he sings a song that ends up getting everyone singing with him about how they've undervalued and, and, and been mean to Whitey and he does deserve stuff. So then they, well, Whitey had already left cause he, you know, didn't get it and he was sad. So he and Eleanor left and they went to the mall and then everyone else knew they were at the mall. Uh, and so they go, they go to the mall and turn the lights on and they're like, uh, here you go. You do, you do get the award. And then other people are like, oh, and you can have my past award that I got. And everyone loves Whitey. And what else, did anything else happen after that? I kind of forget. Well, then somehow Adam and her hold hands and it's like, they're going to be a couple now. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Was that that was so anything else? It kind of ended, did it end kind of quick? I'm kind of not remembering anything past this. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah Eleanor was like, you can, you Show us how to, like, light our uh, Hanukkah yeah, yeah. candles. Yeah. Uh, and you can, when he goes to bed, play spin the dreidel for, like, kisses or something. Uh, yeah. like it was And then it was over. That's pretty much it. Um, and so, so yeah, the, the, he's just, like, he's a jerk for so much of the movie. And it's just because his parents died, which I know that's huge and traumatic, but, like, he's 33 and it happened when he was 12. Um... So two decades ago, uh, but like he, it happens so late in the movie that he gets an epiphany and then he still kind of like just sits and watches stuff happen for another like 10 minutes Yeah, he and like- then finally sings a song and then the town turns and it feels fully unearned that they would turn and they go all and give Whitey a thing. And then there's like, oh, a... a camera spin from down underneath Whitey looking up at all these people around him that I feel I feel like I know that that's pulled from like a Disney movie at some point like that specific camera angle just trying to heighten the draw the drama of it but there there is none none of us care because the movie didn't earn anything so I think one thing that could have I don't know if it could have helped I mean one big thing that would change the whole movie is if there was a little bit of a push and pull of Part of the reason why he is bad is because the town expects it. Like, him doing a good thing, but 
not being seen or being portrayed as bad, like something else happens and they're like, that was you, Davey. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, they think it. Yeah, no matter what I try, it always. Because then the turn for me would make it, that might make it a better turn where maybe he is getting better, but he's still not being believed. And then he's like, you know, whatever, like, I'm just going to leave. So, like, that, to me, that might have been a more compelling push and pull rather than jerk, 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 jerk. Uh, song montage, hey, I'm kind of nice. No, because how it is currently structured is just complete jerk until sudden epiphany and then does one kind of thing to try to not be a jerk. But if it was what you were saying, yeah, I love that idea of seeing that there is something good within him. Yeah. The whole time. Right. Uh, so, yeah, whenever the the point where he was kind of nice and then... He gets pulled back into his parents and he was mean. Like maybe that was something little that got pushed further as opposed to, you know, what's feeling like a total loss of any, anything that any good thing that happened previously. Yeah. But, but yeah, that push and pull could have been more interesting, but as it is, it's not. Yeah. You just, you would have needed a much better screenplay. (laughs) And I think that's, yeah, I think that key idea could have been part of the structure of it that would have made a better overall structure. Anything else with spoilers? Not really. No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. This might be hard, but what was your least favorite scene in the movie? (laughs) Oh my god. From the minute he (laughs) entered the scene (laughs) to the end. Okay, but I mean... (laughs) Okay, uh, the... I mean, there's there's lots to choose from, but I'll go with the uh, after the mayor told the joke yes. and the response to that, where got that absurdist, like, everybody's laughing. There's lots of gross things that happen. Yeah, I think I'll agree. I will agree. What was your favorite scene in the movie? My favorite scene in the movie was the snow falling and the opening credits through You Could See the Town. Once it zoomed in and you, he started talking, sorry, that, that was the only part that I could tolerate. You're like, there's so much possibility here. <laughs> it, looked, it looked nice. The animation looked good. <laughs> I, I liked the basketball scene where he was, uh, minus the being rude about the, the guy's jockstrap. Uh, but when he's playing with the, the kid who I don't remember his name and at the end, when he's like, all right, uh, and he jumps on his back and he, the, he's like, okay, get on my back. And he like launches him towards the basketball, uh, hoop. I liked that stuff. The part where he was being nice to the kid. I think I'll go for a sort of similar vibe, which is when he was living with Whitey mm-hmm. and Eleanor and like actually bonding and like being nice to them at all. Yeah. Helping. No, that, that was nice too. And he- it also, it doesn't have the fat phobic stuff of the other scene which is I, I I almost agreed with you but then I was like that stuff really is annoying to me so yeah I think yeah. I'll go with being nice to Whitey and Eleanor and a little montage no that is nice who was your least favorite character now before mom jumps in here with what I expect I'm gonna say I I overall agree with you but <laughs> I will choose Mr. Chang, just because fully please just remove him from the movie. He's terrible. He adds no purpose. He's a racial stereotype voiced by a white person. Just get him out of there. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Would you like to offer a different thing? Or? No, I'm actually going to agree because I don't even want to give Adam, cra- you know, Sandler credit for Davy for my least favorite character. So, <laughs> no. Yeah, I will agree. But your second least favorite would be Davy. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Who was your favorite character? I don't have one. Mom, I really do not. Mom, you got to choose a favorite one. character. Who's the character you dislike least? Yeah. Dislike, yeah. Who do you least dislike? The kid. Maybe the kid or the mom, I guess. <laughs> so enthusiastic. So enthusiastic. Oh. Um, Because I can't even say the deer because they got too. Yeah, they were nasty. There was too yeah. many nasty Nasty freaks. <laughs> Yeah, no, it it is hard because any of the ones that aren't gross, like the mom or the kid, are also they're boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say Eleanor. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards too. Yeah, I wanted her to beat Davy up, but she didn't. That's a bummer. She should have. But I like her. Yeah, I'd, I'll... I'd do some things differently with her, obviously, if I was writing. But like, there's a lot of stuff I like about her overall. Yeah, I'll agree. This movie was a musical. What was your least favorite song? So there's Davy's song at the beginning. I don't remember what At the Mall is. He's just talking about all the stores. Oh. Is that a song? I think so. All right, whatever. Is it? There's the Patch song, which is Whitey's song. Long Ago. Technical Foul. Intervention song. Bum Biddy. And the credit song, which is the Hanukkah song part three. Uh, Which I would say that we probably shouldn't count because it's a credit song. Yeah, I wouldn't count it. So what's your least favorite? I forgot how the... uh... Mom's so tapped out. (laughs) Well, it's just... Sis is tapped out. The thing is, even if it had nice music or a good beat, it would just have disgusting lyrics at some point or another or throughout it, so... Yeah, I really did under... Like, all the songs get undermined. Uh, But least... um, I think it's one of the beginning ones... I forgot At The Mall was a song, so I guess I'll toss that one, the least favorite label. Yeah. I, I know that at one point you said that the Patch song was your least favorite, but I don't know if you still feel that way. Well, yeah, I guess I'll go with Patch song then. I'll agree, just because I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite song? I'm going to go with the Intervention song. It wasn't undermined by the GNC bottle, but... I liked the intervention song. I liked the dancing in the uh, award song. Bumbity. Bumbity yeah. and, you know, some parts of that. Which, But it had such gross lyrics and so many. But, yeah. My so. my second favorite is Technical Foul, mostly for that three-part harmony That three-part harmony was mwah. Um, but my favorite's Bumbity. Um, it's definitely, like all the others, has some lines that undermine it. But overall, I enjoyed that song. Um, and at the beginning part where he's just talking really fast and then doing like a note was kind of annoying. But once it actually got going, I I like that song the most. If Tim Curry were cursed <laughs> to be in this movie oh, by an Tim evil Curry. witch, who would he voice? All of Ann Sand- um, Adam Sandler's um, roles, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think even, that would even though it at No, all. I know. I'm just teasing. No, no. I would be. I, you know, know. I am kind of envisioning a world <laughs> yes. where he voices Whitey, though. Yeah. And that's oh, kind definitely. of he would be fascinating. He would be the dad. 
Which dad? The dad that dies. He would sing. He would sing the dad's song. Sure, sure. <laughs> this the dad's part. I kind of want him to be Whitey, though. That's what I'm yeah. going to say. <laughs> All right. Let's go into our overall consensus and what we would rate this thing. Well, I think I will start. Oh? You already, you already know? I do not recommend... No, Mom, are you sure that you don't need to think uh, no, about whether or not you recommend it? I, I, are you sure yeah, that you don't I need to think? absolutely sure. And I am going to... I do not recommend it. And I'm going to give it a point ten. <laughs> um, It's a low bar. The low lowest ever set. Because I'm not even going to give it at a point two five. Sorry. <laughs> I think I did something else, point two five. I think it was probably uh, All Dogs. Yeah. One of the sequels or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess I, uh, well, yeah, I, I don't recommend it. There's not, uh, really anything kind of redeeming all the bad stuff or like, oh, if you just see this. No. Uh, I mean, if you're used to Adam Sandler movies, you know a bit of what you're in for, but then, you know, it goes hard in a direction that's not great. I guess I'll give it a 0.25. Yeah, I'll also say a point two five. Uh, the animation's pretty nice, but you know, good animation can't save a bad movie <laughs> with bad characters um, and songs that even at their best are undermined by bad lyrics. It's just, I think, I think on a technical level, we have watched worse movies, mm-hmm. but just the choices made in this are often so. Not just gross and not just sometimes heinous, but just kind of hateful. Like, it just feels really cynical. Yeah. In a way that's just... This is, yeah. Like, I think that's certainly been a part of other Adam Sandler movies, um, but there's there's plenty of others that I'd rather watch than ever watch this again. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, it's almost like the feeling... It's one thing to watch a bad movie and you're like, oh, man, that was a bad movie. But this is almost like watching, watching, you know, someone being bullied and, and you didn't, you weren't able to, like, intervene or something. You know, it's just. You watched a you crime just happen have, and were unable to, <laughs> to stop it. And you just, and then you just are felt with just really, <laughs> uc- oh, and, and, and two, you witness a bunch of other people do nothing about it. And, like, you're, you're held back or something and you're just watching all this yucky stuff happen and you're yeah. kind of like, well, golly. This world really does stink. I mean, you know, it's just, ew, it's just a horrible feeling. <laughs> mom, re- mom really loved it. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Happy, Thank you for being with us here. Holiganza. Yes. Happy, Happy Holiganza. Oh, can only go up from here. And um, and please join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. on um, with Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R. Join me on Twitch and my lovely daughter and daughter-in-law will be in the chat. They're wonderful and friendly. I am playing Final Fantasy IX and I'm very much enjoying where, boy, we're getting to some, some good parts. Technically, I think... If you were playing this on discs, which she is not, she's playing the Steam version, she would be... She just started uh, disc three. Yeah. So, and uh, really, really good. A lot of heartwarming moments, a lot of good action. And yeah, I'm having fun with creating voices. And and then you see my reactions because it's my first playthrough. So yeah, join any Wednesday at 7 p.m. Yeah, I think uh, by this point, she'll be past the beginning of disc three. Mm, But uh, 
And next time, we will continue our holiganza with two things that I think will probably overall be more palatable. Um, one is a special I barely remember about a Christmas tree, and one is a claymation uh, special. So Woo, looking looking forward to checking those out. Yes. Join us then. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.